Until now, American author Nathaniel Philbrick has been known for his books about ocean voyages, including an award-winning shipwreck saga called In the Heart of the Sea. His latest bestseller also begins with a sea journey, but it's mostly an epic account of life in a new land. In Mayflower, a story of courage, community, and war, Philbrook describes how the Pilgrims came to be among America's earliest permanent English settlers, and how they established an alliance with the Indians that helped set the course for the country's future. Philbrook has been fascinated by the history around New England's Nantucket Island since moving there 20 years ago. That fascination eventually led him back to the Pilgrims, whose history he thought he already knew. Like generations of American schoolchildren before him, he'd grown up learning how the Pilgrims arrived in the New World on the Mayflower in 1620, and a year later celebrated a feast of Thanksgiving with the Indians. The more I got into it, the more I realized, no, so much more happened. And instead of being this sort of inspiring tableau of cooperation, there was a much more complex, interesting, and important story, really, when it came to relating to what America would become. So you found a lot of myths surrounding this story. A lot of myths. For example, one of the things I had been taught was that the Pilgrims sailed to the New World in search of religious freedom. And what you quickly begin to realize is the Pilgrims did not believe in religious freedom. They believed that their religion was the right religion and didn't need to tolerate others who wanted a different religion. And you know, these were not prototypical patriots. These were separatist Puritans, and their beliefs were everything. Nathaniel Philbrick traveled the path of the Pilgrims from England to Holland to the New World, where they sought to practice a faith stripped down to the bare essentials of early Christianity. He also studied first-person accounts from the time, accounts that put a human face on the 102 passengers who arrived at what's now known as Provincetown Harbor in November of 1620. Already weakened by a horrific two-month voyage, they arrived just as winter was about to begin. They were greeted, in the words of their future governor William Bradford, by a hideous and desolate wilderness. Their first impressions were of sheer terror. They saw very few trees, very low and sandy land. They saw no evidence of any people. In the three years that they were preparing to sail across the Atlantic. The Native Americans in southern New England were hit by a series of devastating plagues, and in some cases, it killed 90% of the Native Americans. When the Pilgrims got there, it was empty, with only the whitened bones of the dead along the shoreline. And it was here that the Pilgrims planned to start a new life. In addition to the terrible physical challenges of that new life, the Pilgrims were beset by rivalries and tensions with those they called the Strangers, the secular settlers who accompanied them on the Mayflower. There were also early conflicts with surviving Indians in the region until the Wampanoag chief Massasoit reached out to forge an alliance with the newcomers. His people had been decimated by disease, and he wanted a line of defense against powerful Indian rivals. It would enable his people to maintain their independence. For the English, it was an essential ally. You know, without Massasoit's advice and work with the other Indian groups, they never would have lasted the first winter or, or very long into the decade. And so, for 55 years, there would be peace in Plymouth Colony, and that's unprecedented when you look at the、uh, subsequent history of not only New England but、uh, America. Even with the help of the Indians, however, half the English settlers died that first winter. The survivors observed their first anniversary in the New World with the Feast of Thanksgiving, but not quite the feast of popular American myth. It was not called a Thanksgiving. 
by the pilgrims. And it was not so much an English celebration, if it may have been their idea, but a native celebration. The pilgrims were outnumbered two to one by the Indians, who showed up in great numbers with five deer to add to the feast. And, you know, this is amazing when you think of the year all of them had been through. But as the expanding English population sought more land and the Indians who occupied it felt increasingly threatened, new sources of conflict began to arise. In 1675, Massasoit's son Philip launched a strike against the settlers that would come to be known as King Philip's War. It quickly spread beyond Plymouth Colony, and soon all of New England was up in flames. Half the towns in the region would be burned and abandoned. This conflict was only 14 months, but it had a devastating effect on the region on both sides. More than 5,000 people killed at a time when the population of New England was only 70,000, making it even bloodier than the Civil War, which most of us look to as the bloodiest conflict on American soil. The English were supposedly triumphant, but it wasn't a triumph at all. By pushing the Indians too hard, they had destroyed their forefathers' way of life. While that peaceful and cooperative way of life didn't survive, Nathaniel Philbrick says the early examples set by the settlers and the Indians left a positive legacy. The Pilgrims and Wampanoags had created an alliance that had lasted for more than half a century. They didn't necessarily understand each other or necessarily like each other all that much. But to maintain peace, they had to negotiate. Second generation became complacent, became a little greedy, and lost sight of of this lesson. And I think this is where the story of the Mayflower and the Pilgrims does have something to teach us that isn't all negative. I mean, it is possible for two very different peoples to make it work. It just takes a lot of effort. The Pilgrim legacy includes another lesson about survival as well. Armed with little more than religious zeal, they came to a new land ill-prepared for many of the physical challenges they would face. But Nathaniel Philbrick says it was their faith that enabled them to persevere. Strengthened by their beliefs and bonded by their strong sense of community, they turned a fragile settlement into a permanent home. This is Nancy Beardsley.